it's 2022. And even as things go back to quote unquote normal, what does that new normal look like? You know, we're still incredibly focused on social media. We still have a ton of people that built those amazing side hustles that are turning those into full-on businesses, et cetera. That's why I'm super happy for us to be talking with Anna Juneja today. Um, Anna is an intellectual property attorney since she began practicing in 2018. She also focuses on the emerging IP issues surrounding digital marketing, e-commerce, and online businesses. I think this is truly the perfect time to be talking with her and getting her expertise. You can um, find her on social media, providing info on businesses and IP basics to millennials and Gen Z. She did not put this in her bio, but is the number one trademark attorney on social media. So we'll talk about what that means, how she got there, as well as things that you need to consider as you come on to those side hustles, as it comes time to protect your firm, et cetera. Anna, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, I'm super excited to be here. Is there anything I left out of your bio before we dive into this? So I think that pretty much covers it. So I am an IP attorney. I primarily focus on trademark law. I do also some patent work, but primarily I do trademark law, branding. I, my main clients are influencers, celebrities, and small businesses under 5 million a year. So that's kind of my book of business that I've built, built surrounding those clients. Awesome. And I want to dive deeper into that and hear more about your journey and the tips you have to share with our audience. Before that, though, I want to talk about our most recent episode that aired last week. We had Haley Levy-Ashvili on from Gig Law. So it was creating an army of law students. Haley has created a platform that allows law students to connect with law firms to get those hands-on experience in a project-by-project -project basis. Really cool chat if you are a law student. Really cool chat if you're looking to give back to the next generation of law students across the country for um, some extra paid work. It is not free work. It is paid work. But it was pretty cool of a chat. But that being said, I want to dive in. So Anna, talk to me about how did you get into this niche? You know, how did you start? What's your, what's your story? So I, like most law students, you know, I wanted to work at a firm in law school. And so I did, I, when I graduated law school, took my bar exam, you know, I pr never knew I was going to go on my own. I never knew I was going to bring in my own clients, anything like that. So I typical to many attorneys, I got a job at a law firm, um, a really great law firm it's kind of um, top tier for my field for IP. I worked at an international IP firm for many years, and that's really where I got the base of my foundation. Obviously, after a certain amount of years, you become comfortable with what you do. You feel confident. And I was kind of at that point, and there wasn't necessarily room at that law firm for me to bring on a different type of clientele that I definitely saw a need for. So I saw that there was an untapped market and I wanted to figure out a way how to tap into it basically. And that's why, that's why my business was created in the first place, because there's, when you see an untapped market and no one's really serving them, not only is it, you know, unlimited clientele, it's also people need to be served and you know, that area of law. So that's really why I started, why I got into the niche that I do and I really started by just posting some videos. So that's all it took because I didn't think it was going to work or not. I tested the waters, you know, before I, I left my old job <laughs> to see, is this, is this actually something that's going to work? Um, and it did. And so then I had the confidence, you know, with my knowledge to also break free, cut the umbilical cord and kind of do what I wanted to do and grow my own business. So it's 2018. You see this untapped market of of what of celebrities of the social media side like what what is the truly 
differentiating yeah, factor. I started um, practicing law in 2018, 2017 or 2018. Now I can't even remember. But so I worked um, up until 2021 at the same law firm and an IP law firm. Gotcha. Okay. And um, I worked, you know, I, I filed hundreds of thousands of trademarks. It feels like maybe more like tens of thousands, but I was managing massive portfolios. I was doing very complicated work. So I learned very, very quickly the ins and outs of IP working at that large international firm, but there just wasn't room to take on, you know, small businesses, celebrities, influencers at that firm. That wasn't their clientele. It was a very corporate environment. So in 2021, you know, over the pandemic, there was also like a lot of societal, not pressure, but just a lot of buzz about, you know, kind of working for yourself, being an entrepreneur, things like that. And I definitely think that influenced me as well. So that's where, you know, 2021, I saw that there was this untapped market of all of these people monetizing social media. um, And there wasn't really any IP attorney helping them. There wasn't anyone providing information. The only information about branding they were getting was from social media managers and graphic designers and things like that. So when it comes to like the legal aspects of branding and whatnot, you know, that's what I really wanted to bring to them. Gotcha. So from your perspective, I mean, without going too deep, what's the difference between that branding information from the social media manager versus coming from the lawyer with that legal IP background? Yeah. So, you know, lawyers, we're not allowed to call ourselves experts, right? But trademark lawyer, at least in my state, we're not. Trademark lawyers are really branding experts where we know how to build brands, monetize them. And that's really the important thing. We know how to build them, secure them, protect them, monetize them, enforce them, and make very unique, bold brands. That's really what our specialty is. And we're not allowed to say that, obviously. We can we can just say it's we're trademark practitioners, but um, that's really what it comes down to with intellectual property. So it's the difference between getting that this type of information from a lawyer is you're actually setting yourself up for success because you are not going to have to change your name in a year. Once you've already invested six figures into a company, you are not going to get a cease and desist. You are not going to make stupid mistakes that could have been avoided. Um, because you just listened to a graphic designer who said it was all good. Um, and you know, spending 10 K on a logo for a name that you really can't even have because someone else already has it. So that's the benefit of kind of going to a trademark attorney for information versus just listening to, you know, people who don't know about the legalities of branding. See, it's so interesting. And I think what I'm about to say, I think is exactly confirmation of you being a thousand percent correct. From my perspective, like I've never, I didn't think of an IP lawyer in that way, or I've never seen other IP lawyers position themselves that way, which I think, again, goes back to you sitting there, you know, realizing this untapped market, because I think everybody else or so many other ones truly look at it as a lot more transactional in nature. Definitely, because law in and of itself, but especially intellectual property has not really, has been really gatekept to corporations and corporations are definitely the ones who are able to monetize their brand, monetize their inventions through patents, uh, trade secrets, things like that. But at the end of the day, anybody who's creating a brand, anybody who's creating anything, inventing anything, I mean, that's all intellectual property. And whether or not, you know, you are making $5 or $5 billion, you're still a business. 
So you need to be protected as a business. You're still held to that standard and you are still creating valuable intellectual property that you deserve to own and monetize. Um, you shouldn't, you know, just think that it's not accessible to you and let other big corporations rip you off or other small creators. So, you know, content creators, influencers, celebrities, e-com businesses, solo attorneys, you know, that's also a small business. So anybody really who is working hard to monetize them or to advertise themselves, to create content, to create visuals, audio, video, whatever it is, um, that's all intellectual property that you're dealing with or whether you're just building up a brand for yourself. So that's all branding, trademarks, IP, and that all has to be dealt with through the normal legal channels if you want it to be sustainable and valuable long term. So, I mean, look, we're talking to mostly law firm owners, but at this point, I've known so many law firm owners that have the side hustle, side project, second company, whatever it looks like. What should people be protecting and how? So, okay, I have a lot of lawyer, law firm clients as well, and solo lawyers as well. Um, typically, if you just have a law firm or you're a solo lawyer, you're going to be just, if it's possible, you're going to be just brand trademarking your name. So that's one thing to protect. Also consider, you know, the content. A lot of lawyers write blogs, books, things like that. So that's all protectable as well. And, you know, taking, it's a little bit of a headache to get everything protected on the front end. It just prevents the issue of not being able to get those 150K of statutory damages when someone rips you off. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of like insurance, getting your IP protection, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a legal marketer, anything, whatever company you have, getting all of your IP in order, getting an IP audit, getting everything protected, it's like insurance, knowing that you don't have to worry about those aspects of your business. So I see a lot of um, creators now doing like, okay, here's my caption, space, 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 like this is the copyright of so-and-so, like do not reproduce. Is that like a thing? So at least in the US, I'm assuming the audience is gonna be mostly in the US. So right. at least in America, um, you do not have to do the copyright 2022 or anything like that anymore the laws changed a couple years ago so you don't have to have that in there you do, all you have to do is you have to register your copyrights if you have material that you think is valuable and you want to protect and if you gotcha. have, have a registered copyright you get your 150k statutory damages per incident of copying so well, it's worth it. <laughs> and then you can go be the um the the copy spammers that have like the seventy thousand uh photos out there that they then put on the website and then hit people yeah for using them <laughs> all right so i want to dive back into your story a little bit more so you're at this firm you see this untapped potential you start put, you know putting together a couple of videos like walk me through what are some of the like what are some of the videos how did you get them out like what was the inspiration for them yeah, so I saw that there were like a couple lawyers here and there on TikTok. Now I've discovered there's a lot more. I just didn't know of them. There's actually a massive amount of attorneys on there. And we can talk about maybe why they are or aren't successful as well on there. But um, I basically just saw people providing information. And so I thought, okay, I'm just going to go on there and I'm going to like actually my first like 30 videos were just like me correcting people me like stitching their video and being like, actually, that's wrong because X, Y, Z. And while those videos did really well, they also got taken down for bullying. <laughs> so, um, Oh, how dare you as a lawyer <laughs> share your legal knowledge for free on the platform? You I know. Bully you. So I stopped doing that. And then I just started kind of creating my own content. And that is what I do recommend people do. I think 
especially when you are just starting somewhere, don't just get on there and like start attacking other people. It didn't go well for me. That's just my two cents. So, you know, I just got on there and then I started making videos. The reality is, um, as a lawyer, when you're in any sort of public environment, whether it's online, whether it's at a conference or talking to a group of your friends, family, you are going to have knowledge that you think is so basic. They don't think it's not basic to them. So I regurgitate like the same 10 points of information. I have a few of those points, which really I know like cause a stir. It goes viral because it's very controversial. But generally, I stick to like the same 10-ish points and kind of break them down, say them in different ways. And that's what all my videos are. Um, so I'm providing value in the sense that I'm providing information maybe that is definitely not taught in the U.S. school system, definitely is a little bit unaccessible to maybe the average Joe, but it's not anything where I'm going really into depth. I'm not doing a case study. Um, I'm not doing anything very intense. I'm answering the common like FAQs that everyone has. And it's, I got to go back to the, the commenting videos. I mean, like, look, social media gets that rap, right? Like we are sharing fake news and Facebook had to put some of those things in place. So here you are like truly correcting somebody from a legal standpoint. And I'm assuming you weren't like, and you're dumb too. And then they're like, no, that's bullying. We can't have, we can't have you being legally correct on the platform at the expense of somebody being legally incorrect to millions of people. So that is the downside of social media, especially because I, right now at least, we haven't worked together yet for marketing, but I have only done really organic marketing so far. So I am at the mercy of whatever platform feel, whatever the platform kind of feels like doing, whether it's their AI or their actual people taking my content down or whatnot. So that's a, a huge downside definitely to social media. Um, I would say on at least on TikTok, TikTok is the worst. More than more than half my videos have been taken down. So you you never know what people are gonna report you for and things like that on those platforms. Um, so even if it's I I would think it's really beneficial for people to get corrected and maybe learn something. But if it's just gonna get taken down, you know, it wasn't worth it. Well, and I've seen especially on LinkedIn. I would say probably a year, year and a half ago, um, they were just closing down accounts. And so you'd have these people that had like 15, 25,000 followers. And like, thank God they exchanged email with like 10 people. So now you had like a bunch of other creators in a similar space, like tagging LinkedIn, like bring this person back. Like this, you know, this wasn't, um, this wasn't fake. This wasn't a spam account. I don't whatever, whatever it was, the reasoning behind it. Um, and it was successful, but like through the hard work of other people pulling for it, whereas this person, like all their effort was gone the minute they got booted off the platform. Yeah, it's, it's definitely scary. I, really think there's value in diversifying your audience. Um, I'm a big proponent of that. Um, I always have been just for everyone because it's very dangerous to put all your eggs in one basket if that's where your revenue is coming from, especially when you're starting. You know, if you're starting to do something and all your revenue is coming from one source, you definitely want to diversify. So if you're creating videos on one platform, they should also be on all the other platforms. You should transcribe them, put them on LinkedIn, all of that. That's kind of what I did. And it does work like the same content, as long as it's valuable, it's still, you know, it still generates the views and all of that. Yeah. And I love, I mean, and just to go back to what you said there about like not being at the mercy of the platforms. So I thought Facebook did a phenomenal uh, Super Bowl ad three years ago at this point, they did the rocks. So it was like rock climbing, rock bands, whatever, as terms of Facebook groups. 
and they were pushing Facebook groups hard. And then you got all these businesses that jumped on, made a Facebook group. And then Facebook was like, well, now you need to pay for exposure. Now that you have this group that you put on our platform, you know, you're just renting the space. Um, so that is very true. And, and a downside of this, but the flip side of when you're launching a firm with almost nothing and you have very little money doing this organic social media reach and getting coffee with people or whatever you do for networking, like those become the things that are a lot easier to do as opposed to, you know, you don't have $5,000 a month to drop on Google ads. You don't have $30,000 a month to put on a professionally done website with everything. So it's an interesting journey. Yeah. I mean, talking about Google ads, I will just say, I mean, I haven't really done Google ads per se at all. I don't have that much knowledge of how keyword SEO works, but TikTok and Instagram, other social media platforms, particularly TikTok has incredible SEO. Um, and TikTok actually overtook Google for most search website. There was some article about it earlier in 2022. So it's very, very valuable to have a, a you know, content and an account that's geared towards certain keywords and who, that has SEO on social media, because if somebody is on their phone and looking up trademark lawyer, or, you know, how do I get a trademark? How do I find a trademark lawyer? And then they go on to TikTok the next second and my video pops up because of their magic SEO on their phone or, you know, whatever tracking cookies there are, you know, that's, that's incredibly valuable because if you can catch someone when they are in need of the particular lawyer that they need at that moment, that is so much more valuable, you know, than kind of going to coffee with someone who might use you, you know, maybe, maybe not in the future. So that, that's where I see, you know, people missing out on social media, especially professionals. They don't understand kind of the concept of social media SEO. So that's a great jumping off point. So from like, who do you think social media is for from that creator perspective? Like, is it for any professional? Do you have to have, I mean, I look like me and I do it. So I don't think it's a physical thing. Yeah, no, I think social media is literally for everyone there if there if you want to kind of like secure your brand your name you should you should already be on tiktok you should already be on youtube instagram what are all the other ones <laughs> i know there's more but those are those are definitely you know like the main ones facebook is this is a standard you know at least be on the main ones getting your your seo your name out there i mean people are just like anything, you know, if you are going to meet someone for their first time, you're definitely going to look at their Instagram. You know, that's a non-negotiable. If you're going to, you know, if somebody new comes to work at your firm or your office, you know, you're going to go look at their social media because you really get an insight into what people are like, what they do, how valuable they are, you know, things like that. So it's very important to have good content. Instagram is the most important one, even though... I wouldn't even say Instagram is like the most profitable one that you can have, but Instagram provides an opportunity for you to have a very aesthetic brand as a professional very, very easily and for free. So, you know, everyone should be focusing on that um, as that's, their first one. That's so interesting. So you're like, cause I always talk to people about the audience on the platform, right? Like if you're a business attorney committing to LinkedIn gets you in front of more people, but I love what you're talking about there that like the, the nature of Instagram builds that brand, like the look, the feel, the, the tone. That's a really interesting perspective. 
Yeah, I think any professional, you really need to have like a solid Instagram. I mean, you you can't even go to the bar without some people asking for your Instagram. You know, it's it's well, just a standard. I can. You may not be able to. <laughs> it just it's just a standard like in life, I feel. Um everything links back to Instagram, you know, all the social media platforms, things like that. So Instagram is really important. Yes, for business professionals, LinkedIn is good. LinkedIn is really oversaturated. Um and you can definitely, it depends, you know, what are, what you're doing it for. Are you doing it for networking or are you trying to acquire clients and generate revenue? So, you know, you have to look at where they're, you know, where you have the most untapped market. This is okay. So I want to dive into that deeper, but I got to share a story about what you just talked about. So I started out as a state attorney. I got hired by the Orange County State Attorney's Office in 2012. And so I look, social media was popular, not as popular as it was today. One, so we get hired in a hiring class. There's like 30 of us, all relatively similar ages. One person doesn't have a Facebook. And like four months in, they create their Facebook page. And I was like, you know, why? They're like, I went on a date and this girl said she wouldn't date me if I didn't have social media. Like I was, I was a creeper, you know, stalker, serial killer if I didn't have it. So it's just, it's funny, like the requirement um, of those things. So, but with that, I want to dive into, so you talk about LinkedIn being oversaturated. Talk to me more about that, because from my perspective, I have like the opposite view. So I definitely think LinkedIn is really, really important. I just think it's very oversaturated. I think people are not as genuine on LinkedIn for sure. You know, you just can't be. It's a very professional platform. I mean, there's I used to work at a tutoring center when I was very young, like in high school. Um, and I mean, my boss from there follows me, you know, my entire law school network, you know, every single person you've ever met in any sort of professional setting is connected with you on LinkedIn. A lot of people maybe are not going to be feeling as comfortable being super authentic on LinkedIn versus other platforms. And it's just a more formal platform. So it's, and it's oversaturated with lawyers because every single lawyer in the whole world is on LinkedIn. See, and so maybe that's because like, obviously for me, my, I want to get in front of as many lawyers as possible from the marketing side. But from my perspective, yes, every lawyer's on LinkedIn, but like 0.1% of them are posting with any consistency. Like yeah. it's so, that's the part that's weird to me. Like, yes, we're all here, but it's, it's not a blue ocean, but it's like, it's a really large red ocean. They're all here, but like nobody's, there's so few people really tapping into it by providing that content with a value that's entertaining, you know, over and over again. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's, you know, any platform, the amount of people producing content is 0.0001 anyway. I think the reason LinkedIn is not something I focused on at first, which now I'm focusing more on it, but, you know, I I look younger. I'm not necessarily looking like the typical attorney. Um, and I just felt that on LinkedIn in particular, I was going to have too much competition with the more traditional type of attorney that people would pick over my content, my brand. So, gotcha. So I have middle-aged white guy LinkedIn. Yeah. I don't approval. have, I don't have that. So, <laughs> but I get the flip on, on TikTok. I get the, like, you look like a douchebag comment over and over again or whatever it is. So I, which I don't even, I don't even want to get into the comments that you get on TikTok. I'm sure they're even worse, but it's funny. I guess I, I guess I, like I, I literally fit in on LinkedIn, I guess. Yeah, I don't fit in on LinkedIn as much. I think they like me on TikTok more. <laughs> so, got yeah. it. Well, hey, look, finding the right platform with the right audience. It's yeah, totally a huge thing of it. So, and you know, it's funny because like my style of content is just more 
casual. I don't really use jargon. I know there's a shift away from jargon now and more plain English language, but I'm even more casual than that. You know, I can use trends and in, in the culture and lingo that younger people are using and that just helps people relate more. I mean, there are a ton of attorneys that look like a, you know, traditional attorney and who speak very formally and things like that. There aren't um, a ton who are like me. So it's, you can't, and then even if, you know, I felt like even if I tried to be like very formal and tried to make myself appear a lot older and things like that, even, you know, the clients who want that traditional attorney, they're still not going to go for me. So what's the point, you know? So it's better to kind of stick to what you know and not worry about the extra. See, everybody who listens to all of our stuff, that how often do you hear that point? How often? Like, look, Anna, I can send you some gray beard hair if you want it, but you're totally correct. Like, it's they're not they're they're not going to be your people for some other reason. So, like, really, it's finding like I think you've done such a great job finding the intersection of where there's an audience, where you're going to enjoy it, and where those things are going to overlap into a mutually beneficial uh, professional relationship. In essence. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it's also about being authentic. Like I truly really enjoy working with influencers and celebrities and working with e-com brands. A lot of people don't want to deal with them. They don't understand how these people are making money. They think down on them. So, you know, you have to, and if that's your perspective, then you shouldn't work with them because you should be happy to work with the clients that you're with, you know? Um, so that also, kind of is great if you can find an audience base or client base to pull from that you really enjoy working with and you're interested in their work like you get excited about it then that's the best fit and at least for me there's not a lot of attorneys who are interested in that space so i lucked out in that sense you know everyone wants the corporate clients and while the corporate clients are great because you do get that volume work um there's also a lot of competition you also have to drop your prices um, constantly, you know, you, you're always negotiating things like that. So there's pros and cons to every type of client. You just have to find the one that fits best for you and the one that you're able to retain. So, and it's interesting along those lines, do you feel like your niche has helped you grow in addition to what you just talked about? Like, because you're working with celebrities, because you're working with some of these smaller companies, because you're working with other people invested in social media, similarly. Do you think that has accelerated your growth as well? Definitely. Definitely. I think there's so many cases that I get because, you know, I have those, I have those connections, you know, I can get my clients verified. I can get their infringing social media accounts taken down. You know, I have, I have connections at Meta now, Facebook, Instagram, Meta and Twitter and TikTok and things like that. So that is a huge reason why my clients come to me when they need a brand, when they need, you know, trademarks or cease and desist, you know, they can't go to another attorney who can't tell them the difference between TikTok and Twitter. It just literally will not work. So um, they don't want to have those stupid conversations. So that's, you know, a huge reason why I get the clients I do. You also find that like, I'm assuming most of your clients are very happy with your work. Do they give you shout outs? Are they connecting with people on the platform? Like, is are they resharing I mean, on Instagram, but like, are they resharing your stuff in a way that's helpful as well? Yeah, that's definitely a huge reason that, you know, I, not at first, but now I'm, I'm 2022. There's been a lot of that. 
not for my first six months. And you don't need that because I know other fields of law are never going to get that. I'm in a little bit of a unique area of law, but you, you don't need that. But I'm starting to get that now this year. Um, pretty much, you know, all my work has been through referrals and shout outs and things like that, or getting it, you know, invited on their podcasts and things like that. Like this one. Yeah. Wing, 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 nudge, nudge. It all, it all comes back now. Um, but, but seriously, so it's so fascinating. Like I just, the, the more I get, the deeper you go into anything, the more you always have these people that are like the best people do the basics over and over again. Like that is the key to it. Like it's not some magic bullet. It's not some get, get rich quick strategy, whatever. So despite that, I guess, are there any like specific tips that you have found to help you grow or to help our audience like that they can follow along with? You know, the biggest tip is really it's, I think it's about volume and social media these days is very unforgiving. So you have to basically make people care about you instantly, especially video platforms. You know, if you cannot sell your personality immediately, people have moved on. So the only way you're going to be able to learn that skill is by creating a ton of content. And you'll start when you have to edit your videos, you're going to see how much you breathe, how much you say like, and you're going to have to sit there and edit stuff out. So then you're going to stop doing it. (laughs) So that's really the key. You just have to keep practicing and keep doing it. I think for lawyers, it is so essential to be able to perform on video. Um, You can, you're going to have to send loom videos to your clients. You're just going to have to talk to your clients. You're going to have to put your face out there and market yourself. Um, if you want to build a book of business, like it is actually not even an option anymore. Like you just have to do it. So you have to get good at talking. And um, TikTok taught me how to talk because I was never allowed to talk at my firm. I wasn't hired for that. I was, you know, hired to put my head down and do the work. And when I had to, while I had some social media experience, it wasn't like I had to actually create content that I needed people to watch or like understand and care about. So when you're in that position, then you just experiment, see what works in your field. There's every type of lawyer on TikTok and there's successful lawyers building businesses on TikTok in every single field, in every single type of business, not even lawyers, anything you want to do. If you know, if you can create, like learn the skill of creating good content, um, you'll be able to be successful. Well, like, look at Law by Mike. Like, he's not singing and dancing on TikTok. He's created, he's doing some awesome transitions, but, like, he's created his niche cross-reference with a platform in a way that's probably unique or, I guess, authentic to him, not just unique. Yeah, you have to be authentic to yourself. You have to, I mean, I don't do anything. I sit around and say a few sentences. That's it. So you don't have to dance. You don't have to do the crazy editing. It can just be you providing value. There's definitely tips and tricks you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to figure out what topics people like, things like that. But anybody can do it with just an iPhone. You know, I have, you know, I've never used anything else except my iPhone to edit anything. Just the TikTok app is like enough. It's really powerful. You can repurpose that on so many platforms. Um, It's just, I definitely think it's a skill more attorneys should be getting into. So when you talk about like learning, learning how to talk on the platform, learning how to find what resonates with your audience, 
is that really just like posting it and then looking at the insights and responses or is there more to it than that? No, there's more to it than that. So um, people will people will tell you what they like and don't like. They're they're not shy on social media. So people will tell you, oh, your audio sucks or oh my gosh, why do you pronounce every other word wrong? Or why do you, you know, um, say this? Why do you talk so fast? Or, you know, pe people will tell you and you can look at your analytics. Gotcha. So really, like really open yourself up to the social media, not trolls, but maybe, maybe troll adjacent. Hopefully they're being helpful. They're trolls, but it's okay. You know, um, they're just increasing your engagement. So <laughs> how frequently, like for this, this is the pushback I think I expect the most. And I don't know if you get it from your clients, that part, like the human inability to be okay with being trolled, getting negative feedback, like whatever, do you have to walk a lot of your clients through that? Or have they kind of already gotten over that issue? Um, you know, my clients that are already bigger on platforms, they are already over it. Uh, I have clients that monetize their haters, you know, that's their whole, that's their whole platform. Um, so, you know, it's not something ever any of my clients have ever had to deal with. And in fact, I don't care either. I remember the first time I posted a YouTube video or something, this was years ago. It wasn't even about law. It was just a random video. Um, and like, I got some hate comments and like, I showed my dad and he was like, oh, you're delusional if you think everybody's going to like you. So, and I was like, oh yeah, like nobody has to like me. Like, it's fine. <laughs> so, you know, you just have to get over it. I think more people from what I've seen, this is from other lawyers, because I get a lot of people, lawyers interested in it. They are scared of what their peer, like their actual people they know will say and think of them. That's sure. more of a concern for them. So, and that was more of a concern for me too. So, cause I don't care what some random person on the internet says, like, what are they going to do? They're never going to spend money on me. They're not going to retain me. They're not going to repost me. So I don't, I have, hundreds of thousands of other people who want to um but you know it's it's really hard to deal with other lawyers like when you have zero followers zero people liking your videos and you're just trying to create content and put it out there and other lawyers are telling you it's cringy or it's so unprofessional or bad and things that's hard to deal with so but like i just had um i just tell them that you know you have to think about what you really want and if it's worth you know, investing your time and, you know, putting aside that embarrassment and doing it. What are like the rewards you're going to get out of it? And I have yet to find, I might happen at some point. I have yet to read in the Florida bar journal about an attorney being punished for a TikTok video or an Instagram video or whatever. So it, I, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a potential thing. Um, but I think so much of that fear is, is unfounded or is, or is created as a way to not take the leap. Yeah, I definitely think, you know, I think bar associations have really failed people in clarifying this content. It's definitely a gray area, so to speak, you know, what we're allowed to do and not. Um, but at the end of the day, creating a video on YouTube or TikTok or wherever or a LinkedIn post is no different than having a billboard. So it's it's really the same thing. It's just what the general public is into right now. And so you have to meet people where they are. People aren't looking at billboards anymore, you know? So it, it is what it is. And, you know, not every single attorney or firm has that kind of money to spend on advertising. So there's ways to do it for free 
that are not very difficult um, if you are willing to learn. So, you know, you don't have to learn Final Cut Pro and how to produce, you know, 4K videos to have a video that gets a million views. And that had never, ever before in our time has ever, you know, it's never been that easy. Well, and I like it, like, look, Netflix, I think, completely changed our cons- our consuming habits. But I guess, uh, like, from a, from a TV standpoint, like, everything now is built to be bingeable. Like, we want to be able to sit there and watch 47 episodes in a row. When you have that billboard, it's really difficult for that person to be like, okay, well, now let me go to their website to watch another video to their YouTube. If they're already on your TikTok, they can keep scrolling through if they're on your page all of your videos. They can watch 30 of them. They can hear, you know, you hit your 10 key points in 47 different videos and binge you and realize they like you and, you know, and, and commit from that standpoint. Like they've got the opportunity to get so much more invested without leaving the platform, which is what the platforms want. Um, but it just, it puts you in such a great perspective or such a great position to capture their attention. Exactly. That's, you know, that's the great thing about TikTok in particular. And, you know, I have so many clients I don't know. I I don't like keep track anymore, but at least at the beginning, like those first couple months, every single client said to me, I watched all of your videos and I still, I don't read all my comments anymore, but I still get comments sometimes that are like, Oh, I, I've never found a page. I watched all their videos so quickly. So like people do just because there's not a lot of lawyers out there. If you're producing good enough content, um, there's not that many lawyers doing that. And so people are interested, you know, this is information that people don't get it's not that easy to find so whatever your field of law is you know you can create a bunch of content surrounding that and whoever's interested in it will find it and then they'll watch all your videos and whether or not they hire you they will definitely mention your name the next time someone needs that type of attorney totally and you will keep showing up on the platform so even if they don't hire you you're basically doing like a long-term nurture campaign by continuing to show up on the platform so let me flip the question this way. If you could go back to right now to day one of Anna on the internet or on social media, what, are there any things you would do differently or what insight or advice would you want to make sure you gave yourself? I mean, just like everyone, I wish I had gotten on like TikTok earlier. Hmm. Um, I think it was definitely harder for me to grow. The only reason I think I grew is because like my content was good enough to grow. But I think if I had started a year ago, you know, I would have been able to grow even with much more mediocre content. Um, so it's, it does, you know, if you're interested in growing on that platform, every single day is a day too late at this point. Um, I've, so I have like some business ideas I want to launch and I'm like planning getting on there ASAP because the window of opportunity is, you know, going to be here not that much longer. So I regret waiting at all basically. And I guess I just, I think if I could do anything else, I would have just produced a lot more content because the more, I, I couldn't have handled it though um, on my own, but the, you know, I really kind of did just go for it. And so I don't have any regrets or things I would change. I don't know if that's the right answer, but. Um, I, it, listen, it's your answer. I mean, I, I yeah, nobody I think, can tell you you're wrong. You know, I started out and I, when I had zero clients, I literally spent, you know, a few days posting like five times a day. And that's how I got my first few clients. And after that, it starts to snowball. But, um, you know, there's going to be like 
few weeks, months or whatnot that you, you know, you don't see the results of your effort, but you should see them pretty quickly if you're doing, you know, if you're staying consistent, putting out enough volume, people do not put out enough volume on social media. And I think that was actually one thing I'm very thankful I did. When you and say enough volume, you're talking multiple times per day. You're talking yeah. once a day. Yeah. Multiple times, Five, per day. Six times a day. So, and people get, when I, when I tell people that they get really freaked out, but the reality is you're making five 15 second videos a day. You don't have an hour in your day to dedicate to marketing. If you have zero clients, I had time. I mean, I didn't have any clients. So of course I had time. So that's what I did. Um, and I don't see, I mean, even now I spend time marketing and doing things too. So everyone does. Um, it's just creating content now is so effortless. You can do it on your phone. You need no equipment. You don't need a fancy script. You don't need to edit like that crazy, you know, just put it out there. And are you still editing all your videos on the phone yourself? Yeah, I, I edit all my videos. So, so it, I mean, no I, team, just you. Just no, yeah, just me. I don't. Um, Even more impressive, awesome. Yeah, I have, I have people helping me answer my comments and do some of my graphics and things like that, um, because that's a lot easier to kind of not have to oversee as much. But I think when it comes to the videos, it's better to be authentic. Um, so I, I had a I had somebody scripting them for me for a while, and it just doesn't work. You know, they don't understand the area of law as well as you. And I'm in a very niche kind of emerging area of law. So it wasn't going to work for me, but, um, you know, it's just so easy to create content now that there's really no excuse. You know, people are overwhelmed. So obviously I think that's the biggest holdup for people, right? Just not doing it. So the people that do it, um, not producing enough volume, not being entertaining enough or engage or in engaging enough, not being um not like scripting out the stuff so not being authentic like what are some of the other major issues problems red flags you see people do with social that prevents them from finding the same success you found um yeah i think people are not engaging i think you have to know what people want to hear about um there's certain topics that just do better you know in my field you know just i'll give you an example like Yes, the trademark nuances, I have to say them. I have to have a video on them here and there because it's also very useful to just send a video to your client when they have a question instead of regurgitating it or getting on the phone with them. So that's a lot of the reason I create some of the videos I do, but they don't do well. They're not going to go viral if I'm talking about, you know, the nuances of trademark classes. Like no one cares about that that much. Um, but it, when I create a video about, you know, LLC versus trademark, I know that's going to do well. Um, I know that's going to go viral. I know I'm going to get an influx of clients. So you have to learn and be careful too, because you don't want to constantly get overflowed either. So, cause TikTok, it's very, very easy to go viral and you want to be able to handle that, you know, incoming leads and stuff as well. <laughs> so, so hold on, do I have that right? So you are actually sitting there like, I can't post this yet because I'm going to get too many clients from it. Yeah, no, like if I post it there, there's a couple of topics that if I post about those videos get, you know, they get hundreds of thousands of views and um, you, I will get an influx of, you know, leads and clients and things like that. So you can't, you can't do that constantly or you can, but you know, you just have to be aware of it. But if you, what, a, what a great problem to have. 
if you have a video going viral, you want to be able to handle the leads appropriately to convert them into clients. You don't want to flub and miss the boat. So that's, that is, um, something I didn't have, like, I didn't have that problem and except for a couple of topics that I have, but, um, you know, I was trying to get a good library of content, but now I'm now I, now I'm a little more careful. So you don't want to have leads that you can't take care of. Yeah, so. I'm. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have Greg explain his viral video. We'll talk about that later. Um, it's it's very funny, but it has nothing to do with anything that we do business wise. <laughs> um, all right. So what you know, as we get towards the end here what what do we miss what else do we have to talk about what else do you want to make sure that you share to our growth-minded lawyers watching or listening to this um not, okay so i guess even if you don't think your clients are on social media because a lot of lawyers think their clients are not on social media they are on social media um they are on TikTok, and if they're not their kids are and their kids will send their videos to their parents so um, it's really, really important more than even having a website. I, I didn't have a website for months and even now my website is being redone and, um, you know, you, you really need social media and just to be able to create some sort of visual representation of yourself. And if you don't want to be on camera because you feel that you can't be on camera, you can hire a younger attorney or hire, you know, depending on your state rules, get, figure out a way to get an actual face to the brand of your firm. That's really, really, really important. Um, people want to, the days of being able to have a, a nice stock photo are gone. You know, it's funny. We had a, we were Greg and I at our uh, legalese meeting this morning, we're talking about this. So like from an insurance company perspective, right? You've got Flo, you've got Jake from State Farm, you've got the Geico Gecko, you've got Danger, Trouble, uh, Dennis Duffy from 30 Rock, whatever it is. Like they've created these, in essence, fake personal personas or fake personal brands to sell insurance. It's amazing to me to see like lawyers take that step. You know, you have so many PI lawyers that copied the pre-suit, post-suit model that insurance companies have. Like when's an attorney going to launch the, I don't know, mascot of the firm, the I, I don't know what, whatever that looks like. Um, but it goes right into what you said. Like, then that gives you a face, whether it's you, whether it's a cartoon, whether it's animated, I, I don't know. I think when we look at TikTok, there's two brands that come in particular. Like if anyone's interested in that in particular, look at Scrub Daddy and Duolingo. Cause they, while Duolingo markets to kids, Scrub Daddy markets to middle-aged women in America. So you can have mascots even for older client faces. Microsoft is now doing a mascot thing. Look at Delta, Ryanair, like these airline TikTok accounts. I mean, corp like corporations are now being forced to like create a mascot and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if a law firm does it. They probably won't. They're too, they're not. Too old school. Yeah. Is, is Microsoft bringing back the, um, Clippy. like the clip? Really? Yeah. It's they're actually bringing back the paperclip. It's creepy how they're doing it, but um, I'm sure they just need some adjustments and stuff. Go on their TikTok account. It's funny. All right. Meanwhile, every, every child like 14 under is like, what's paper? We haven't <laughs> used that in so many years. What's a paper clip? You have to keep these things together. Uh, anyway, what do I know? Um, all right. Anything else before we hit our wrap up? No, I think we covered a lot. Awesome. Yeah. This has been a phenomenal chat. It was really interesting to hear where we 
disagree, but like from the two different perspectives and obviously like there's so much, there's so much about social media that is truly foundational that people miss and then wonder why they're having trouble with it. So I love that you're able to go over a lot of those things. All right. So let me talk about our next episode and then we'll dive into your final nugget of wisdom, your biggest takeaway next week, May 2nd. So next Monday at 1:45 Eastern, we've got Carl fix on Carl's going to talk to us about mind over matter, the secret tips to being a happy lawyer. So we're going to go into it from a very like psychological perspective, how to be happier as an attorney. Um, Carl's got some really interesting insight and it's going to be a great chat. That being said though, Anna, you have shared a wealth of knowledge that you have been through in this. Um, for anybody sitting here saying like, oh, Anna launched, you know, a shorter period of time ago, whatever, like, great. And now she's literally telling us she doesn't post certain things because it will create too many clients that she has to stagger those things. Like if you have that problem, phenomenal for you. But if you're listening to the show, you probably don't. Um, that being said, what is your final nugget of wisdom, your biggest takeaway? If somebody has watched this for the last 55 minutes and remembers nothing you said except for this, what would be the most important piece of advice for how they can be the exhibit A of a successful lawyer like yourself? So, um, okay, just wrapping up, kind of just honing in, you know, create, dedicate a few months where you are going to be able to, you know, create a lot of content and put out that volume and be able to get good at it and stay consistent. Second biggest thing, which I didn't touch on earlier, but this is also really, really important, aesthetically create a consistent brand. So whether you're going to stick to one color, whether you are going to stick to one look, one logo, things like that, very, very important to do that because every human now is inundated with millions of pieces of content all the time. So when they see you, you know, people know me now as like, oh, you're that law firm that has all the purple, you know, they, they already associate me with that. So you need to create that association, whatever it is, very, very consistently. Um, so, you know, when it's your face, when it's your person, or whether you're hiring, you know, younger attorney to be speaking for you, create that consistent representation of your brand and your firm and things like that in people's mind. Get get that association that when they think, you know, DUI, they're going to think of your firm or when they think, you know, um, whatever, you know, when they need a, a child support lawyer, they always think of your firm because you're the your face is always talking about those topics. Like create those associations. So I know Jay-Z has a specific blue. Do you, is there an Anna purple? Do you have a trademark purple? No, I purple? just used a lot of purple. And I'm like, even, you know, I'm now in the point where I'm separating my law firm brand from my personal brand. Cause I had intertwined them a little too much. So I, my law firm brand is still going to stay purple and everything, but I'm going to take back my <laughs> personal stuff. So, but I, like, there's no other lawyer that used purple. So everyone kind of recognized me as that. Even though like file Fidelto, right? Like purple is a, a historically regal legal color. I, I mean, I use like lavender, so it was a little bit more like girly. Gotcha. Um, yeah, even so I don't see whatever shades of purple I was using or the way I used it. I don't think people used it in that sense. And to be fair, I was going to say pink before you said purple, but I'm a, I'm not colorblind, but whatever color differentiated. So I guess, so maybe that is the, uh, that lavendery yeah. take on it. Love it. All right. So. Um, for anybody who is watching this, we've got all the comments for the links here, but for anybody who's listening to it on the podcast, what's, what's your handles, where should they go find you so that they can see all this great insight in action? Yeah. So my username is just Anna Janeja, A-N-A-J-U-N-E-J-A on everything. 
So LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, everything. I'm all the same. All right. So give me that one more time. A-N-A-J-U. Go for it. Oh, I'll, let me start over. A-N-A-J-U-N-E-J-A. There we go. TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Parler, the word, all of them. Yeah, all of them. Whichever ones I have anyway. There we go. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope to see everybody back next week where we talk about the secret tips to a happy lawyer. With that, have a wonderful week. And hopefully this was that kick in the butt to get your social media going. Yes. (laughs) All right.